Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com This is your Times Daily World Briefing for Monday, the 22nd of August. I'm Emily Ferrier. And I'm Sonal Patel. Volodymyr Zelensky has issued caution ahead of Ukrainian Independence Day celebrations. I do have trust that we will receive support on the humanitarian side as well as on the military side. And Afghanistan suffers its worst flooding in some 30 years, killing 20 people and leaving hundreds more homeless. The flood caught us off guard. It was so tragic that we saw children were drowned and washed away by the flood. Times of London Daily World Briefing. The Ukrainian president has told people to be careful ahead of his country's Independence Day celebrations this week. Volodymyr Zelensky said Russia could try to do something ugly or vicious as Ukraine gets ready to mark 31 years of independence from Soviet rule. Meanwhile, there have been fresh drone strikes in Crimea, which Ukraine has not claimed responsibility for. Rear Admiral Chris Perry, former Director General of Ministry of Defense, told Times Radio that he sees neither side getting a sizable advantage right now. There aren't really any advances on any front, but I think the key battleground uh, is going to be Kherson. I think what we're seeing right now is a sort of lower division side, the Ukrainians, 1-0 up, approaching half-time against a Premier League side, Russia. And frankly, Russia needs half-time because it needs to regroup, uh, it needs to resupply, it's got to have a second go at this. And I suspect that's what the Russians are doing. A former Secretary General of NATO has told Times Radio... Whoever becomes prime minister will need to take a grip of the situation in Ukraine. Lord George Robinson has held the role between 1999 and 2003 and has said that war is the root cause of the economic issues we're currently facing. He says we cannot allow Ukraine to slip down the world's agenda. It is of huge importance. You know, the cost of living crisis that we're experiencing, the price of, of, of energy, the interruptions to supply change, all chains all emanate from the Russian invasion of Ukraine. And we've got to stand by the Ukrainians. If the Ukrainians lose and the Russians win, then where where will they go next? But former heavyweight world champion Vladimir Klitschko, whose brother Vitaly is mayor of the Ukrainian capital, told Times Radio he believes Britain's leadership will support them. I do have trust that we will receive support on the humanitarian side as well as on the military side. I do trust that nothing is going to change in this case, if the leadership is going to be changed or when it's going to be changed. On Sunday, Russia claimed to have destroyed an ammunition depot in southern Ukraine's Odessa region, while Ukraine claimed to have repelled Russia's Donetsk offensives from multiple directions. The Russian army has strengthened its military presence in the Black Sea, where the Ukrainian navy has said Russian warships armed with 36-caliber cruise missiles are on combat duty. 
to Afghanistan, where devastating floods have left 20 people dead and dozens more injured. Hundreds of families in the eastern province of Lagar have been forced from their homes in what's been described as the worst flooding for 30 years, affecting people like Faisal. He says he's never seen anything like it. The flood caught us off guard. It was so tragic that we saw children were drowned and washed away by the flood. It was a tragic sight. Women fled their houses onto mountains and houses were toppled. We don't know what to do now. Rescue teams have been gathering in the worst-hit areas, conducting search and rescue operations, as well as bringing vital food and medicine supplies to those who need it. Villager Amanullah says the floods have destroyed their homes and livelihoods, engulfing hundreds of hectares of farmland. Everything in my home, including the furniture, grains, were all drenched. My brother and uncle's children barely survived the flood by climbing onto a tree. Governor Aina Tulishuja has called on the international community to provide more aid for the flood-devastated region. In the past month alone, a total of 165 people have been killed due to the downpours and flooding in a country already devastated by war. Times of London Daily World Briefing. On the way, a major K-pop concert returns and German warships wash up near Serbia. A law change in Singapore will effectively make it legal to be gay there. A decision to repel Section 377A, which bans sex between men, follows years of fierce debate. It was announced by the city-state's Prime Minister on live TV. Many local residents, including Lim, have welcomed the new law. In my view, I think this 377A is a very outdated uh, law. I mean, repealing it sounds like it makes a lot of sense right now. Yeah. Uh, I think it was well justified in Lee Sen Long's own speech why he decided to repeal it, right? Yeah. So uh, actually I've got a lot of gay friends. So I kind of feel that it is something that is totally justifiable. But Prime Minister Lee Hezian Lang clarified that the government had no intention of changing the city-state's legal definition of marriage, that is, between a man and a woman. I believe this is the right thing to do and something that most Singaporeans will now accept. This will bring the law into line with current social models and I hope provide some relief to gay Singaporeans. Sunday's announcement by Lee was welcomed by LGBTQ groups who said in a joint statement that they were relieved but concerned that ruling out same-sex marriage might perpetuate discrimination. What wasn't clear was when Section 377A of Singapore's penal code would be repealed. Under the law, offenders can be jailed for up to two years. However, it is not currently actively enforced. In Pakistan, dramatic new developments in the country's already complicated and tense political situation. It follows speeches like this one in Islamabad on Saturday by former Prime Minister Imran Khan. Islamabad Inspector General of Police and DIG Deputy Inspector General will not spare you, will file a suit against you. A magistrate Zeba, you should also get ready. Zeba will take action against you. You should all be ashamed of what you've done. 
Now the former Prime Minister has been charged with sedition under the country's anti-terror laws. His supporters have been gathering outside his home in Islamabad. They're vowing to take over the capital if he's arrested. Imran Khan lost power in a no-confidence vote back in April and has been staging anti-government protests since, escalating political tensions in the country as he seeks to return to office. On Saturday, Pakistan's media regulator announced that television channels would be banned from broadcasting his speeches live, accusing Mr Khan of hate speech against state institutions. And his response was typically fiery. At a rally in Rawalpindi, he described the ban as censorship. They are using PEMRA. Now comes the PEMRA that says Imran Khan cannot be aired live. What crime has Imran Khan committed to deserve this? I'll never accept this gang of thieves. This is the crime of Imran Khan. This is the crime. The case comes at a time of heightened tension between Pakistan's government and Mr Khan. The former leader has been touring the country, delivering rallying speeches, calling for fresh elections and fiercely criticising both the government and the army. He's not yet addressed the police charges against him and appears to still be free. Videos published online, though, show the former Prime Minister's supporters surrounding his home, potentially to stop police from reaching it. The Times Daily World Briefing. Sport. With the latest on the PGA Tour FedEx Cup, is John Jackson. American golfer Patrick Cantlay has successfully defended his BMW Championship title at Wilmington Country Club in Delaware. Cantlay finished with a two-under par round of 69 to finish 14-under and win the penultimate event in the FedEx Cup playoffs by one shot ahead of fellow American Scott Stallings. In fact, the top of the leaderboard was dominated by Americans, with Scotty Scheffler and Xander Schauffele tied for third on 11-under for the tournament. The top 30 ranked players will now progress to the season-ending tour championship that begins on Thursday at Eastlake Golf Club in Atlanta, Georgia. Players will be seeded based upon their FedEx Cup points, with the eventual champion taking home 18 million US dollars and a five-year PGA Tour exemption. The Times Daily World Briefing Entertainment. For the first time since 2019, a joint in-person concert featuring a collection of top K-pop bands was held in South Korea. SM Town Live drew a crowd of around 30,000 fans on Saturday, according to their management agency, SM Entertainment. Dressed in themed colors of their favorite K-pop bands, local and global fans flocked to the concert venue, waving glow sticks and snapping photos. Headline acts such as NCT, EXO, Girls' Generation, Super Junior, TVXQ, and Red Velvet performed 43 songs on stage in Suwon for about four hours. Though the event was live, there was an online option streamed in the Beyond Live concert streaming service, where the concert was held exclusively for the past two years due to the global pandemic. And finally, one unexpected upside of the worst drought Europe has seen in years, the discovery of previously hidden history. In this case, German warships sunk during the Second World War. Dozens of hulks loaded with ammunition have been exposed near a river port in Serbia. 
The Danube River was pushed to one of its lowest levels in almost a century, and as the water level sunk, over 20 hulks were exposed, showing the vessels that were among the hundreds scuttled along the Danube by Nazi Germany's fleet, who were retreating from Soviet forces in 1944. The problem is the ships are loaded, quite literally, carrying tons of explosives and posing a threat to anything that sails nearby. But the disarming operation is likely to cost a lot. The Serbian government estimates around $30 million at least. And that's your Times Daily World Briefing for Monday, the 22nd of August. This podcast from The Times is brought to you in partnership with Google Podcasts.